It's March 25th, 2020, and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we strive to serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. Of course, uh, I say new reality due to the heightened awareness of the coronavirus pandemic we are all living through, and of course, the changes it has made in, in all of our lives. I first have a couple of quick uh, news items, and then we'll be joined by Dana Arakawa and Derek Gabriel to talk about working remotely and managing distributed teams. First off, there's a couple of changes here at HPR to maintain some separation. Most of the time, our guests are live in the studio, but uh, during this period of social distancing and being respectful of each other's well-being, our guests are now remote and calling in. Hopefully you won't notice uh, much of a difference, but I will miss the lively energy only gotten through face-to-face interaction. So next up, I will tell you about a community resource for COVID-19 information. Uh, Suchandra Tapa and Ben Trevino and a number of volunteers, including uh, Ryan Kano from uh, Code for Hawaii, are helping coordinate a local effort to crowdsource a Hawaii-specific coronavirus resource for Hawaii residents similar to what uh, New York City and L.A. have done. And, of course, the link can be found at uh, https at um, colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash COVID-19 Hawaii. And, of course, I will put that uh, link up on the show notes for later on tonight. And, of course, if you want to add anything to the list, just go ahead and email me at bitemarks at gmail.com, and I will be happy to... Relay your message over to Suchandra or Ben Chavino, who are helping to coordinate this uh, this resource list. Of course, uh, with that, we will take a short break. And uh, when we return, we'll be joined by Dana Arakawa and Derek Gabriel, to um, both uh, who are joining us on the phone. And we'll talk about working remotely in Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now I'd like to welcome Dr. Dana Arakawa and Derek Gabriel to the show. Uh, Dana runs a consultancy that helps teams build systemic and lasting organizational resilience. And Derek is the uh, co-founder of Ignite Solutions Group, dedicated to empowering businesses through technology. We want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Hi, Bert. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, you know, first off, um, I, I know both of you, and I kind of miss the fact that you uh, aren't in the studio with me, but... You know, to just get uh, people to understand a little bit about what you folks, uh, what you do, uh, we'll start with Dana. Tell us a little bit about your consultancy and, and how do you fit into this picture of uh, helping companies with this, this new reality we're now living in with remote work? Sure, Bert. Um, you know, obviously this is a unprecedented time um, in our in our world, uh, but you know the practices of building uh, good organizational change, remote teams, and helping organizations through challenges. This is a you know well-established practice, and so I help organizations successfully navigate change, working with leadership, management teams, and employees to build uh, strength and resiliency. 
And so that's not limited uh, to now, but obviously in these times, you know, it's needed more than ever. And so, so Dana, is that um, typically how, I guess, it translates from, let's say, working in teams that are physically co-located to now f- having them distributed elsewhere and remotely connecting through the team in virtual with virtual tools? Exactly. So, you know, we are, companies in Hawaii um, are being forced to, to change. Already, you know, we're um, in a shelter-in-place mode, working from home, and organizations have, um, you know, been forced to very quickly adapt and take on new logistical changes and, and how they uh, work with technology. But also it brings up a lot of uh, social changes in people learning how to manage, you know, this new reality of working uh, without face-to-face contact. And so I really help uh, organizations to to look at it from both angles, both the functional and sort of the more people, emotional side, as people are really the ones that are adjusting to these changes. Sounds good. We'll get into some more detail. And I want to give Derek a chance to tell us a little bit about uh, Ignite Solutions. How's it going, Derek? Great. Good afternoon. So tell us about what you're doing. I know you're, uh, you've been uh, quite active in the, in the Microsoft world. Uh, what does your company do? And I think you're kind of more focused on, what, nonprofits now? Yes, absolutely, yeah. So we're a strong Microsoft partner, which means we help um, customers basically implement and take advantage of Microsoft's cloud technology. So things from uh, the Microsoft and Office 365 space uh, into Azure and, and other computing resources like that. So are you, um, you know, with your work with the nonprofits and, and more, I guess, uh, uh, business community, have um, your, I guess, you know, the, the the technical support that you do for some of the products that you uh, support, are they easily translatable to kind of a work at home and, and a virtual team environment? Actually, yeah, absolutely. So. It's, it's kind of interesting. We've got um, newer customers that, w- that are making their cloud transition and their, you know, their digital transformations uh, currently, <laughs> and um, it, it, it's topsy-turvy for them, right, because they still have the server in the closet and uh, files they can only access uh, on-premise at their old office space, and then uh, they're, they're needing to work remotely. And uh, we've spent the last couple of weeks in, in this crazy rush to get people laptops that didn't have laptops and, and access to, to, you know, older technologies like QuickBooks that are still running on a server versus, you know, them using taking advantage of like QuickBooks Online or something to that effect. So um, th- there's a lot of companies that we work with that have made those transitions in the past few years already. And so the majority of their workforce already has all of the features they need to be able to work from anywhere in the world. And uh, they're doing quite well right now. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I'm probably one of those uh, examples of people that, have loaded QuickBooks on my, you know, my laptop and have always wondered, you know, I think I should probably migrate this over to the cloud at some point in time. Uh, uh, you know, fortunately, I'm just the only guy that uses it, but, you know, I can see the benefit, the definite benefit of moving all of those types of uh, products to the cloud. Now, Dana, you know, when, when you're working with, uh, with companies and working through some of the um, uh, ways that uh, teams can, you know, efficiently work together. What is it that you're encountering now that they, you know, you layer upon the the fact that you know they want to work efficiently in a in a normal environment. But what is it now that they're encountering that layers on this sort of crisis uh, 
situation where it, it, it almost like forces them uh, and we're all under a pretty tight uh, time frame to you know move to this remote environment. I mean what, what kind of stresses does that um, sort of introduce to the workforce? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Bert, I think there's such a variety of technical, uh, ter- you know, technology changes that companies are facing right now. A lot of organizations are at different levels of transition to a remote work um, based upon their kind of current uh, or what they had before, right? And so, um, you know, without speaking too much to all of the various kind of situations organizations can be in and that kind of adaptation to change, I think one consistent thing really is the people who are going through it. Um, you know, uh, we all, you know, are aware that this is a time of a lot of uncertainty and anxiety for people. And so I think um, one of the biggest things to recognize right now is just that, um, you know, these are real people going through changes and, you know, tempers can be short, emotions can be um, a little frayed. And it's a great time more than ever, you know, that we're in, um, you know, in Hawaii, we we have, you know, the, the power of aloha. We know the, the, the importance of it. And I think it's so important more than ever to build upon that um, because uh, one of the biggest things that research has, has shown about virtual teamwork and, and virtual teams are successful is a high level of trust. And so I could definitely kind of share more tips around that. But, you know, to a direct answer to your question, I think, you know, the, the strongest thing is to really focus on relationships. And that's kind of a consistent theme um, no matter where uh, technologically the organization is in kind of adjusting to this change. So you mentioned you mentioned uh, trust, and in a normal working environment, obviously you build trust, you know, over over a period of time. Uh, in in this this sort of uh, heightened anxiety environment, how do you perhaps you know perhaps in an organization that hasn't had the benefit of really building that kind of trust? I mean, is there something that you can start to introduce that helps them to? trust in this sort of new normal that we're now living in? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, we're in, in Hawaii, I think we're great at talking story, uh, having, you know, all of like potlucks and, you know, the, the face-to-face interaction. And a lot of that does, you know, can carry over into the virtual space um, with intention. And so a big key is actually setting time at the beginning of a meeting agenda for a quick check-in for every person to go around and say, you know, what was a high, what was a low, how are they feeling right now? And um, as the meeting leader, having, you know, one clear person who is facilitating the agenda, uh, it's important to, you know, take the time for for this type of uh, social interaction. I think often um, that can be forgotten once a company kind of quickly transitions to virtual work, but maintaining intentionally positive relationships through, you know, scheduling into the agenda, checking in with people, actually scheduling maybe in a virtual palhana. And these are all things that really go a long way toward building trust, um, even in the virtual space. Oh, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Now, now, Derek, you know, in terms of uh, the work that you're doing, I mean, if um, most of the companies are local, obviously, and some of them are small and, and maybe some are, are larger, how do you see uh, some of the companies what what is your take on what you know the companies that are better prepared uh, for going kind of remote? I mean, do you see a trend that that uh, are the bigger ones more equipped to go remote, and are the smaller ones perhaps uh, 
struggling or maybe it's the other way around? Yeah, you know, honestly, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I think the companies that are more operationally mature when it comes to using um, tools to allow them to work remotely um, on any given day anyway are, are, are faring a lot better. Uh, and also companies that basically have already kind of figured out some of the policies and procedures they use uh, for letting people work uh, in various places. And so um, we see, you know, I'm seeing small companies with, you know, five or ten people that are having a horrible time just because they've never really ever thought about working anywhere other than their office. And then, you know, uh, small companies that are also extremely nimble and, and very successful at it already because they basically already are virtual um, they're used to working out of coffee shops or travel a lot. Um, so it, it, it doesn't, it isn't something that afflicts any specific size business uh, or even any type of business, but it really just kind of depends on, um, and like, and like um, you've already discussed, you know, trust does, does play a lot into that too. If you've got a small team that's um, real um, active in communicating with each other and knows each other really well, then it's a lot more easy um, to take advantage, you know, when, when some of these changes come up. Do you have you seen have you seen a pattern where perhaps some of the newer companies that have formed perhaps within the last you know couple three four years are more inclined to be uh, more uh, I guess aware of some of the the tools that enable them to leverage the cloud and re- leverage uh, remote you know remote teams versus perhaps the company that that might have been in business for the last thirty years I mean is there is there is that a is that a characteriz- uh, characterization of um, some of the folks that might have more challenges than others? Yeah, actually, it is a little bit. There, there, we do have some companies that have been around for, for many years um, that uh, had some great you know, foresight from their leaders and, and really took advantage of the cloud technologies early on, and, and they're very successful in this situation. Uh, but it typically, you're right, a lot of folks, um, the newer businesses, kind of what we refer to as born in the cloud, right? So mm-hmm. they immediately adopted cloud technology because it was available. They didn't have any legacy items that they needed to, you know, migrate or anything like that. So, yeah, that, that does uh, uh, indicate, you know, that's a good characteristic. Now, now, Dana, you know, when you have a, a company that's maybe, you know, 30-plus years old and they're relatively uh, small or, or maybe medium-sized, I mean, even in Hawaii standards, a medium-sized company is, is kind of small compared to uh, uh, maybe U.S. mainland. But how would, you, how would you perhaps bring the teams together to get them to uh, feel more comfortable with using some of these tools that enable them to work remotely? Well, you know, but right now, a lot of companies are just have already been forced into, um, you know, people at home. Um, and you know, there's a lot of different options nowadays for remote collaboration. You know, um, Derek is talking about Microsoft Teams, and there's all, all sorts of platforms for project management, for, um, you know, communication. And really, you know, once the company has chosen a particular uh, course or a particular, um, you know, platform to be on, then there's, you know, the, the main process is communication. And it always boils down to communicating very clearly to people and having that uh, documented somewhere. And so, you know, each or company, depending on their size, and as you mentioned, with a lot of smaller organizations, I think, you know, you know, as we, we've already been adjusting to the changes, the sudden 
this week, you know, in, in pandemic time, everything is happening so quickly. Um, you know, I think often companies have already picked a platform or are, you know, making something work. The challenge now is is how to um, kind of adjust better. And and for that, I think, you know, coming down to the basics of trust, of communication, and a few, you know, like very the, the simple tips that I've mentioned before about having a clear agenda, having people um, check in with each other. Um, a great thing about these platforms often is that it allows for um, kind of virtual, you know, social interactions of like liking someone's post or boosting them or giving them some type of encouragement. I think um, right now, you know, the learning curve of getting adjusted to whatever platform the company has chosen it will vary. And there's ways that, you know, uh, consultants like myself can work with the organization to, to adapt in that process of change. Um, but I think, you know, the basics are always will we'll come down to communication and building trust by, you know, the, the, the normal, the, the social things that we know how to do face-to-face and we're just learning how to do now virtually. I think you bring up a good point, and, and I think you bring this up in the uh, article that you wrote for Civil Beat. Uh, and communication is obviously key. And when you're sort of in uh, a typical office and you, you might be having uh, cl- close proximity to your coworkers, I mean, it might be easy to say to someone, hey, can you, can you get this for me or can you do this for me? And when you are working remotely, it's almost better to kind of do it in an email or do it in text or do it in some, some form that has some documented uh, trail that, you know, how typically I would, uh, somebody says something to me, I might forget it like, uh, you know, a couple seconds later, right? But if it's in an email, then it's something that I would probably look back at and, and uh Probably the more communication that occurs that's documented in that way, I think uh, it's probably better. I don't know. Is that is that something that's a, a characteristic of perhaps working more efficiently remotely? Definitely. I think you brought up two points. Like one, that it's really, you know, without the face-to-face contact, it's often harder for us to get information, um, you know, from our colleagues, right? In the office, you can just walk by their office and ask, now it you know it takes reaching out by email or a phone call or through IM, and each company is having to figure out how are they um, you know what what is the best mode of that communication. And something I often suggest in my work is for the company to actually document you know what are our sort of rules of engagement around communication because as we probably all know in our you know personal email inboxes we are flooded with communication and flooded with things right now. And it's very easy to tune things out. And so uh, it can be very helpful for, uh, for the organization to have a very clear understanding of, okay, for, you know, for the most important communication, I'm just going to call someone. Or if I need to get a quick answer, I'll call them. But otherwise, if it you know, is not urgent, um, you know, it can be sent in an email or, you know, or through Slack or whatever means. Um, but you know, as the second point that you brought up is that a lot of these, uh, you know, virtual modes of communication have inherent, they inherently capture and document everything. And so this is a, like a great benefit, actually, of virtual work on a lot of these new collaboration platforms. Um, one I often use is Basecamp, and you can really see the, the history of, uh, of comments, you know, so you know when someone is adding into something, um, Google Docs changes, you know, a lot of these platforms are remarkable at how well they integrate with each other. And so then, you know, everyone can really stay on the same page and 
you know, things like brainstorming, it's all there uh, for people to, to collectively look at at the same time. Um, and so, you know, while it's harder for us to sometimes get that information face-to-face, it's also easier in a way um, that things are naturally documented and, and don't get sort of lost in a, you know, passing conversation. No, that's uh, that's great. And I do want to kind of uh, start talking about some of the actual tools that you folks uh, both find very uh, useful in, in trying to maintain some of this communication, build trust, and, and keep projects, you know, moving forward. So we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this uh, short break to continue our conversation with both Dana Arakawa and Derek Gabriel about working with virtual teams and optimizing through technology. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Haleakala Waldorf School and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Dana Arakawa, organizational consultant, and Derek Gabriel from Ignite Solutions Group. And we're talking about building resilient businesses through distributed teams and leveraging technology. Of course, right before the break, we're talking about getting into some of the tools. And, and Dana, you're, you're sharing some of the favorite tools that you use. And, you know, the Google suite of products is something that I, you know, use <laughs> a lot, uh, even even for this show. Uh, you know, there's show notes that I produced, and, and it's something that I, I uh, shared willingly with you folks so that you can at least kind of know what it is that, that I'm doing. And that's probably a, a new way of actually managing, you know, our sort of distributed uh, guests, you know, in this sort of new normal for Bite Marks Cafe. I mean, what are some of the other tools or uh, applications that you, you enjoy or like to use? Um, I can jump in a bit on that, and I'm sure, Derek, you have a lot of other suggestions. Some of the ones that I most regularly use now are Zoom, um, Asana, Slack. Um, Basecamp is the one that I'm using now that I um, that I love, and, of course, the Google Suite. Yeah, no, I, I uh, enjoy Slack. have been using Slack for quite a while. There's a number of uh, Slack communities that are here in Hawaii, and, of course, uh, Zoom, <laughs> everybody in uh, in the, the um, department that I work in now is uh, very, very proficient at Zoom. So, Derek, I mean, what are some of the you, – you've um, recently had a workshop on Microsoft Teams, which I, I wish I was able to attend, but uh, give, us, uh, give us some of your favorites. Yeah, of course, as a, as a Microsoft partner, I'd be remiss to, to not mention all the Microsoft tools, right? Um, but uh, typically, our customers uh, work in that ecosystem. So it's, you know, SharePoint and Yammer um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Microsoft Teams. And then there's a lot of other apps for managing, uh, like To-Do and, and Planner for, for project management. But yeah, you know, we're, we're in a really nice place because, you know, we've lived through the app. There's an app for that, right? So there literally are thousands of applications available uh, that are either cloud-based or phone-based. Um, for for folks to manage stuff, so it really comes down to personal preference and whatnot. But uh, yeah, um, that's that's my list. So so you know, uh, give us a little bit of background on on Microsoft Teams because, you know, I was all built up. Of, I mean, I was all hyped up to to attend your your uh, workshop, and then it got kind of canceled and moved over to uh, this earlier this week. But um, I looked at Teams as being something like a Slack. Is that is that correct, or am I? far off 
No, you're right on. Teams is very much like a Slack. They're both a chat-based workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Teams encapsulates a lot of the other Microsoft products to help uh, sort of give you a, a central place to, to work, sort of kind of in a sense like a single pane of glass. So you've got uh, document collaboration through some of the SharePoint libraries are surfaced in Teams. you got, of course, the chat-based uh, portion of it that allows you to, to build that sort of history. And, and that touches on what Dana said with the communication, right? You can sort of see progress happening. So, and that actually, I think the over-communicating, in a sense, helps build that trust that we were talking about earlier as well. So uh, Teams really comes, becomes a centralized place for, for all of that. Now, I know Teams, uh, you know, Microsoft did a, a, a pretty um, a good job of, of coming up with a product that, uh, you know, Competed with with uh, with Slack. I mean, Slack has been around for a little while. Slack was has appealed to a lot of the independents. And one of the things that I I wanted to ask you, Derek, is you know with with um, uh, with Teams, it's probably more uh, beneficial to an organization because it would be for the enterprise. Whereas Slack could be a very very distributed, could have independent uh, you know participation from all over the place. Does so what would be the the major differences in your mind you know between uh Microsoft Teams and a Slack environment I think the biggest difference for, uh, that I come across and and that I feel personally is that you know I, I do use Slack and I belong into a number of Slack communities much like yourself and probably with with you and some of them um Slack is to me very focused on on just the communication portion of it right whereas mm-hmm. Teams for me is is a little bit more focused on the collaboration around um, document management um, and uh, conference, uh, you know, video conferencing and, and those types of things. So for me, I feel like um, I've got to use other third-party products to integrate with Slack to try to achieve some of the same things. So from a from a business standpoint, you know, that's that's all integrated into Microsoft's platform because Microsoft has a pretty vast set of tools that that exist already. Yeah, great. Okay, so uh, Dana, I mean, are you uh, how um, proficient are you at at Zoom? <laughs> well, I am using Zoom currently to teach online for UH as well, and mm-hmm. so and having participated in a while on different uh, Zoom conferences, you know, I think it's um, there's a lot that you can do with it, um, and it's a great tool right now. And um, yeah, for those who invested in Zoom before this, they're doing quite well now. I'm sure. I yeah, I can see the stock uh, go <laughs> up and up. Now, Zoom basically is kind of a a uh, video conferencing platform, and uh, it's something that uh, I think a lot of people participated on before this uh, you know sort of coronavirus uh, situation uh, arose. And now a lot of people are now administering their own Zoom meetings. Are there any best practices, uh, Dana, that that you might want to share? Uh, sure. And especially, you know, for new Zoom participants as well, I think, you know, there's a lot around just managing uh, your mute, you know, managing, being able to control uh, when you have the video on or off. Um, it takes a while as an administrator to get used to the different settings that are available to you, whether you're, you know, you can record, whether you allow people in before you're um, dialed into the call or, um, you know, and so on the administrator side, just taking the time to get to know these settings and practicing well in advance is very useful. And on the participant side, just knowing, you know, having some some practice and awareness that uh, you can control when people hear you, when people see you, 
and um, Dana, you know, I think that's the key thing. Well, I, I really appreciate it, and I, I will um, actually share your contact info with everyone, uh, both you and Derek, uh, for uh, when the show notes go up later on this evening. I want to thank uh, Dana Arakawa. She's an organizational development consultant. And Derek Gabriel is co-founder of Ignite Solutions Group. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, Bert. It's been fun. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about building an online distance learning program. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, stay safe, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. If I could.